Also, watch the hands. We'll try and... I can do what I want on my table. I'm doing background music for the podcast. They do this in Hamilton. You know, there's a whole song where they're like... Like that. They bang on the table while they sing. Is this Hamilton? Could be. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life. Books and champagne. Brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. We're at Ellen's house with our dogs, having an afternoon play date of sorts. It's been an interesting week. So, let me see. I'm going to look up a quote real quick to read. And we're eating popcorn. With my secret recipe. <laughs> Which is butter. Butter. Lots of butter. And we're drinking champagne as we usually do. And I just want to share this quote. I drink champagne when I'm happy and when I'm sad. Sometimes I drink it when I'm alone. When I have company, I consider it obligatory. I trifle with it when I'm not hungry and drink it when I am. Otherwise, I never touch it. So that comes from Lily Bollinger. Bollinger is one of the great houses of champagne. And I fully support her. Um, champagne is for all reasons, and we have a season of life that is mm-hmm. celebratory and difficult. Um, so the Rodera estate is taking care of us today. Dry champagne, crisp, fresh, and rich flavors from the Anderson Valley in Northern California. Oh my gosh, they were founded in 1982, the year of my birth, since I'm the old one here. Woo woo. Okay. So, Ellen, Amanda, let me tell you about what I'm reading, and I want to hear what you're reading, because I keep waiting for you to join me for this buddy read we're going to do. I have to, I have to just finish one book, Amanda. Okay. All right, tell me what you're reading. I'm listening to, um, on Libro FM, Elsewhere, by Alexis Shaken. She's the author of Saint X. So you were telling me about mm-hmm. this yesterday, and it sounds really interesting so saint x should be on your radar as well yeah um, it's a couple years old now out in paperback but it's a family vacationing on a tropical island and uh, they have two daughters and they're growing the older daughter's in high school very uh, independent the younger daughter very much looks up to her big sister just wonders what this you know semi-adulthood is all about so admires her, the, the independent older daughter, you know, wants to spread her wings, doesn't want to be tied to her parents on vacation. Anyway, um, kind of ends up like a Natalie Holloway situation. Um, the daughter disappears and they never find her. And there are many rumors about who could it have been. Um, and the, the book is about fallout after her disappearance. What did I really know about my sister? What did we really know about our daughter? How will their lives all be shaped by this disappearance? Um, and it it's eerie. It's okay. an eerie book. And that eeriness is another element that she uses in Elsewhere. Um, this is being compared to works by Shirley Jackson and also Margaret Atwood. And I definitely got the Margaret Atwood vibe because um, it centers on a community in a small mountain town. Very much has a small town feel, a feel like everybody knows everybody. They have schools, they have parks, they have stores. Um, but 
you can tell things are off here. It's very much removed from anywhere else. They have to, they have to get um, all their supplies from someone who drives a truck in once a month, but they have everything we're used to living with. So you're, you're trying to figure out what is this alternate reality? Is it a, is it a different place that exists in the world? No, and it's very much focused on women and their process of becoming mothers because the one truly unique thing about the community is that the women suffer an affliction. It's referred to as an affliction. It takes some time um, to reveal it, uh, but the, the dust jacket will tell you that they just disappear. They're gone and they have no idea why. And they have this whole kind of process of how they deal with the disappearance. It's very strange. Um, and and they live almost in a heightened emotional state and a heightened gratitude because they know like the mother might disappear, but they're also like hyper-focused on what causes the women to disappear. They're like obsessed with it. Was it this, was it that? Is it that you lose yourself in devoting yourself too much to a child? Or is it because you are too independent and not attentive enough to your children? Um, <laughs> we all have noises. <laughs> yeah. And so I, what I'm taking away from it is just this like inability, the feeling that all mothers feel, this inability to feel like, am I doing it right? They're always wondering, am I doing it right? Is this right? Is that right? Um, have I done enough good, good enough job there? Have I lost my self-identity? Have I been a good enough mother? Did I give them too much attention? So the, the, the affliction in this community allows us to kind of contemplate that regard for motherhood mm -hmm. and I don't know what's going to happen there's a primary character she's a mother now um she lives in this community and she fears the affliction and uh will we ever figure out how this town exists in relation to the rest of the world are they really disappearing or is there something else to explain it um, so I'm really enjoying it. It's super creepy and Margaret Atwoody. It sounds good. Um, so it kind of reminds me of a book I read earlier this year, the school for good mothers, mm -hmm. just kind of exploring the concept of like expectations for motherhood. And I often describe motherhood as living in a perpetual state of guilt and fear. And, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, you just hope that your kids turn out okay and they don't hate you. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I should mention that Elsewhere doesn't come out until June 28th, but we'll have it in the store. It has a super, super cool cover of this like bonfire because part of the ritual of what they do um, when a woman disappears is they burn any photos of her. I don't know why, but... Um, Seems kind of rude. Yeah, it's pre-digital era, or they live in a community that has no digital camera. So you're just not totally photos. certain exactly Where time and place. I like when authors do that. I like when, when yeah, authors do that. Yeah, it's really interesting. So um, tell me about what you're reading. So I'm finally reading a book I've been wanting to read for a long time, which is My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. So I read his last book, The Only Good Indians, last year. And it's, it's horror. Stephen Graham Jones is an indigenous writer. So all of his books deal with indigenous culture, um, a lot of like spin, horror spin on indigenous folklore. Um, he's a fantastic writer. And I, I don't really like horror. I'm not a fan of um, gore and movies and books, whatever. But I do really like his writing. And so anyway, this book is great because, you know, I love books about teenagers. <clears throat> 
So the main character, Jade, lives in this small Idaho town on a lake. She's like 16 or 17. No, she's she's just graduating high school. Okay. So she's probably like 18. Anyway, she's obsessed with slasher movies. Like obsessed with slasher movies. And to her great delight, she feels as though a slasher movie is about to come to reality in her own town because she recognizes the tropes and the formula. Mm-hmm. So for example, she comes across, so across the lake, carved into what was a national forest is this new development mm-hmm. that you can only get to like by boat or helicopter and super rich people. Yeah. And one of the girls is her age who's mm-hmm. living over there. And her name is Aletha. And as soon as Jade meets her, she's like, she's the final girl in a slasher movie. She is the epitome of everything a final girl is. Then Jade, um, through circumstances I won't describe here, comes into possession of a phone video recording of a couple of Swedish people on the lake screaming and disappearing. And she's like, this is how slasher movies always start couple of random people, random people from out of town get murdered yeah and so she's like shit's about to get real and i can't wait so in her mind like her town is about to become the scene of a slasher movie and not a slasher movie like a real life slasher mm-hmm. situation and then there's also this camp summer camp where mm-hmm. a massacre happened like 50 years ago mm-hmm. and they call it camp blood and that's gonna play into it but i don't know how yet i'm not quite halfway into the book but I love Jade's voice. She's that, sort of that angsty emo teen, but also like she's sort of awful because like when the first body appears, she like can't contain her laughter. She's like, yes, it's happening. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I think this is going to appeal to a lot of our contemporary horror readers. Stephen Graham Jones can be counted on for that. And it also brings to mind some of Brady Hendrix. Yeah, it's not cheap horror. No. You know, smart. It, it's smart horror. It's playful. So yeah, I was just going to add that I, because I knew I had to wait on you, I'm uh, reading this little teeny volume called The Divorce. Um, it has a forward by Patty Smith, who just like raves about this author. I bought that book too. Yeah. You'll have to tell me what you think. Okay. Um, Cesar Aria. Yeah. Ira. Ira. A-I-R-A. I don't know. It's in one of those bags over there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Felipe, uh, Majors and Quinn recommended it. He's leaving book selling for advertising, but this is very cool. And it's very welcoming. Um, and so what are we going to read next? We're going to buddy we're gonna read. read. We're going to buddy read. We're going to buddy read because you love this author's writing. You say it's the pinnacle. It's what you look for in writing. It's beautiful. Nevo's The Siren Queen. The Siren Queen. And I'm going to read it blindly. Like, I just generally know it has to do with making it in Hollywood. Um, and there's some fantasy elements. Um, it addresses, like, what would you what would you do to make it and have the fame and immortality? And there's there's some fantasy, magical realism, something. Yeah, she's what she can do in her prose is just really fantastic. So even if you don't like the story, I think you will appreciate the writing. Okay. But hopefully you will like both. We'll report back on what we think of our buddy read. But what we're super excited to talk about is our road trip we took, which is one of the reasons we didn't get to podcast last week. Um, We have been planning for over a year to visit the Twin Cities and hit up all their fantastic bookstores 
they're within driving distance. We've been to many of them when we've road trip before, but we wanted to take this on as like an epic tour to learn from people who have been institutions in their communities, observe what their best practices are, discover a few new books and basically have a lot of fun. So we left Friday after a crazy day at the store. You, me, Rachel, because... Because Rachel just can't leave me alone. And if there wasn't a picture, it didn't happen. She True. needed to preserve our escapades for posterity. I mean, I suppose she quote unquote worked while we were there. We also had a lot of fun with food and beverage. Yeah, we did. And Ellen <laughs> wants to be punched today. I do. And uh, Rachel had to adopt to our old lady habits. We had a sound machine um, (laughs) for our snoring. (laughs) And she just had, she had to, she had to act. How much older are we? Over a decade? Yeah. So we put together, or Amanda put together, an itinerary for the weekend. And we hit one bookstore Friday night. And it was one of my very favorite bookstores that we visited. Um, it's not, it's called the irreverent book farm and it's in this beautiful little location in a, just a residential neighborhood. It's right on the corner. Historic building. Yeah. And the way that the owner Meg has it set up, it's so warm and cozy and inviting, but it very much lives up to its name of being reverent because we loved like the way that she labeled her sections. They were kind of snarky and funny. Yeah. It wasn't just fiction. It was labeled in a way that just made you smirk at every shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a mix of used mm-hmm. and new. Yep. Um, all very are well, well, well curated. Very well organized and curated. Mm-hmm. And she was there and she was so nice. Like, yeah. really lovely. Your Her personality and identity and ideas are all present in that store. Mm-hmm. It is not an... Uh, it has a very distinct personality mm-hmm. which i appreciate in the bookstore right and she's one of our uh friends through our point of sale system we use the same point of sale and we're able to kind of see what other people are carrying and um talk shop so we, we talk shop it was really fun she described to us uh, her process of surviving the pandemic and how her community showed up for her mm-hmm. and how rewarding that was um, a couple kids from the neighborhood stopped in to shop on their own used their best and manners. they were so cute it was yeah. adorable um, so yeah i would definitely visit that one again when Mm -hmm. I go back. I just really like the vibe of that place. She also had very similar tastes to what I enjoy reading, and Mm -hmm. she recommended kind of like a food memoir for me that Mm -hmm. I'll have to report back on uh, about someone maybe who grew up in the Soviet Union and also loved food, and I'm excited to try it. It looks really exciting. So uh, we went out to dinner, met up with a friend of yours who lives in the area, had uh, a great time. Got up nice and early, re-energized ourselves with brunch cocktails um, and spicy food because apparently all the restaurants I picked out were... They were too spicy for Ray Ray. They were flavorful, but it was delicious. I will say that I have full faith in your restaurant. Thank you. Picking because especially all of the meals, but especially Friday night. Friday night One of the best amazing. meals I've ever had in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It was so it had good. spice to it. Martina. But it was so good. It was called Martina. Highly I mean, recommend. Everything we had, because we had like some appetizers, we had everything was just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is like, these are the best green beans I've ever eaten. You yeah. Know? Oh, that kind of thing. I dreamed about those green beans. And yeah. then we went to brunch at Ola Arepa before going to Wild Rumpus. Okay, so Wild Rumpus is one of my touchstone stores. They are 
totally an inspiration. Um, they're one of the reasons I wanted to have a bookstore, be involved in opening a bookstore because it's magical. They have a little kid-sized store. They have currently uh, two cats in the store. They used to have a free-range chicken that <laughs> lived in like a corner. It would just like face the corner and it would eat and poop there, I think. Um, underneath a ladder that goes up into the ceiling and you can see these boots kind of like walking up into the ceiling. They have an upside down canoe and a water scene painted on the ceiling. It's magical. It's that very magical. Really cool. um, it's very like attention to detail in like what is what is the experience of being in there? It's mm -hmm. very tailored to children. Right. And there's everywhere you go, there's like something kind of surprising and neat. Mm -hmm. um, and the staff was just lovely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were all high energy, great um, recommendations. They have the most fantastic collection of picture books. Again, inspiration for me. Like when I go there, I know I will find something I haven't heard of. I can browse those shelves for hours. Um, so it was my pleasure to be able to introduce that to you guys. And I'm so grateful I've gotten a chance to visit them over the years. They have excellent taste in books. But the fun part of stopping there was we met a girl who had just She's a bookseller there. Yeah, she's she was a, working. Mm -hmm. Claire and and Claire is moving to Ames and had just visited to go to school and like the week prior. Books. Yeah, and she was so excited to have a bookstore where she's moving. And you, she said to she her. was emotional talk, meeting us, and that was really moving to me that it mattered that much to her that we existed in the town because she's nervous about moving. She's from the area, the Minnesota area, and she. Is nervous about leaving her home at Wild Rumpus and starting this adventure of getting her master's degree and pursuing writing. And you can tell it really did mean a lot to her because, like, even her coworker was like, oh, my God, like, her coworker looked like she was going to cry for her over this, like, happenstance of you guys walking in the door. Yeah, it was really cool. And that is what makes it worth it. Yeah. You know, those connections you make. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope that Claire will be our friend when she yeah. moves here. I hope she'll come and hang out at the store and... Um, we Talk can be books her books, with us. bookstore yeah. home. Do so, our homework. That was that was really cool. Yeah. And I do want to say, even though Wild Rumpus is primarily like children's books, there's something for everyone there. Mm -hmm. They and do have an adult section. They do. But even though like the children's pieces too are just as enjoyable to adults. They really um, are. And like mm -hmm. their YA is really comprehensive. Mm -hmm. um, I found some cool like activity books for my kids for road tripping that weren't like junky. You know, yeah, like junky stuff I could buy at Lame. Walmart or something. You know, just like neat. Like it was a paint by stickers, mm -hmm. um, masterpieces. Mm -hmm. I got that for my daughter for the road trip. I got one for of dogs for my son and just some puzzle books. It just, it, it was, they just have a really cool selection. Right. I really enjoyed my time there. It's experience it is a, it plus is curation. They, that, those are the two magic things. Yep. You know, the experience of being there, the beauty, the people, what it feels like to be there, plus the amazing books. Yeah, and, and being there, I could see why it was an inspiration to you to want to open a bookstore and like how what they're doing informed a lot of the choices we made when right. we were opening our store. And how important those those fun, quirky touches are. Yep. Nothing if not quirky. We went to Moon Palace next. So Moon Palace, I actually got to visit um, a couple months prior uh, when I was in Minneapolis for Galentine's weekend. Um, Moon Palace is has a really cool um, look to it. Like the, uh, the aesthetics, very bright colors, mm -hmm. high ceilings, lots of like natural light. 
Um, it's a nice store to be in. It's a cool facade, too. The, their oh, name yeah. and this giant rainbow on the front. Very it's colorful, really cool. yeah. They have a pickup window. They have a pickup window that's really neat. Um, they do have a cafe. It's closed right now due mm-hmm. to COVID. So I don't know. I th- I imagine their arrangement of shelving is different when the cafe mm-hmm. is open because it was kind of they were kind of blocking it. Um, but yeah, I think the thing about Moon Palace that I appreciate most is that that store is really like right in the center of a neighborhood that experienced some tremendous upheaval two years ago after the murder of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. So kind of across the street was the third precinct. And so the center of those protests was in that community and, and Moon Palace was spared. Um, And I think a lot of that was because they've been such a essential part of that neighborhood. They've very much um, taken the side of, They've taken the right side. That's what right. I, that's what I'll say. They're there for their community. They stand yep. up for the issues they care about, and and I think the fact that they survive. I mean, you, when you drive through that neighborhood, I mean, you there are empty lots and there mm-hmm. are you know boarded over windows and mm-hmm. things. And I think the fact that they survived is a real testament to the service they provide for their community and how their community values them. Mm-hmm. And um, to be able to to be that for a community that is experiencing the trauma that that Mm -hmm. community experienced and is still experiencing. Mm -hmm. Because we're, like, the anniversary, I think, was yesterday or the Mm -hmm. day before. Um, So, anyway, that's what I really appreciate Yeah, we commend them. We commend them. And it was a really beautiful store to visit. Um, Our next one was fun. It was a genre bookstore. So I had never been to a genre bookstore before. There are romance bookstores. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, and it's a genre we both really enjoy. Right. And it's a mystery thriller. It's called Once Upon a Crime. And I actually had this idea that I was like, wouldn't it be fun to write like a murder mystery or even like a slasher mystery that takes place in a mystery bookstore? Mm-hmm. But it was cool. It's like in this basement of this uh, kind of, a, I think it's apartment yeah. building. And... Um, has this cool awning and a sticker on the window that says for a good crime <laughs> call call and then you call their bookstore um yeah and it's very it's well organized so she's got some true crime she's got series she's got um cozy mysteries and then there was like this annex so you go out the back into this hallway and way down the hallway into this other locked room and it's like you know rare used collectible types of books with lamps and chairs it's like a secret space um yeah it it was pretty neat and you got some i picked up a true crime book there that i hadn't heard of i haven't started it yet um i asked girls yeah yeah and then you asked about like what are some series that i'm missing and you explained your love of louise penny i want smart but i I want a real good crime or mystery and i want just a little bit of substance i don't want it to be all girl in the basement with a fucked up man you know keeping her hostage i want some some lovey i want some lovey ain't into that either no lovey isn't she's very concerned um yeah, and so she recommended two series that I'm going to dabble that you, with. That we hadn't heard of before. No, I hadn't heard of them. So I'm interested to hear what you think because we both enjoy reading mm-hmm. mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also recommended two others. I, I always love to say, like, both in restaurants, cocktail bars, and bookstores, what should I not miss here? Because I might only be here once. Right. And what would she tell me are her can't miss? I'm so obsessed with these books because I always have a feeling 
um, about what's in our store right now. Like there are certain books that be like, oh, this is this new exciting thing. Everybody has to read it. So I came away with four books. I'll report back. Um, sure. And so going to a genre bookstore was very fun. Uh, we had to... Um, we had to, what is it called? Um, sorry, get cocktails. After, after, mm-hmm. after, after Once Upon a Crime, we got cocktails. Mm-hmm. Get oh, a cocktail break. What's it called? We went to that like farm to table place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it was for cocktails. Yeah. yeah. That was, oh, was it. It was something, I don't know. French called. Meadow. Yes, that was it. Then, um, you know, we were making time. We went to Bone Shaker. So Bone Shaker, uh, a friend of ours from high school, Mackenzie Clyde, knew about, enjoys. Yeah, but so it's she, a unique she model. lives in the Twin Cities. I was like, hey, I'm hitting bookstores in Twin Cities. You want to join us? And she was like, I'm in Ames. <laughs> so, but she said, you should go to Bone Shaker um, if you're doing that. And Bone Shaker is this beautiful little store, Ivy color covered um, doorway. And it's volunteer mm-hmm. um, staff called the Skeleton Crew, which is kind of cute. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, like, it's a small space, but a very beautiful space. And it's very heavily leans toward, like, abolitionist, social justice, mm-hmm. literature. And it's very local, you know, like, a lot. I, when I went in there, I asked, like, what are, your city has been through a thing, is going through a thing. Like, what do you think is an important read, mm-hmm. given you know, that you would recommend to somebody given what you have experienced here mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. And they had some good, um, good ideas for me. So, yeah. And I picked up a volume called Shout Your Abortion um, that Lindy West had edited. I think she's okay. an essayist humorist and she's uh, collected people's abortion stories And how important telling those stories are because not only does it help normalize and open a door for sharing, but it helps the world see that abortions are not people throwing away wanted pregnancies or unwanted pregnancies, healthy children. That is not this like lib process. There's a a lot more complicated than that. There's nobody who takes this lightly. Right. It's an experience one in three women will have and it's important that we support each other and we're honest about the reasons yeah. these happen. I, I feel like a lot of times when someone is talking about, you know, how abortion is so bad, I want to be like, you know, you know a lot of people women who've had an abortion. You know a lot of people who've had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And you may maybe you don't know that you know them, but you do. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you they're people that you love and respect. Mm-hmm. So how important it is that we talk openly about this so that we can handle the issue in a way that respects everyone and actually looks at it from a healthcare perspective. But um, yeah, I picked up a, a fiction book that takes place in Iowa um, that kind of reminds me of Stephen Graham Jones. Yeah. There's like a, a deer, an elk or something and there's murder. But I also had this, um, got this magazine and it was free, but it was a 150 year performance review of the Minneapolis Police Department. Um, because as you know, like a lot of the conversation has been about like, should we abolish the police? Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I picked one up and I'm uh, very interested in it. Mm-hmm. I uh, told my husband there was a sticker there. I almost got him because it'd be funny because my husband is a prosecutor mm-hmm. and it was, and he, and he also loves D and D plays D and D every week. And it was a D and D die, uh, on top crushing a police car and he oh was, <laughs> I was like would you put that at your work he's like no yeah. <laughs> but um 
So anyway, yeah. I didn't get it, but I thought of him. I thought of you, Tyler. Right. We had another great dinner reservation. We went to Suki and Mimi. Um, early dinner had to sneak ourselves in because it's one of the more popular. Oh my god, it was so good! It was so good. The cocktails were amazing. We had a great bartender, but one of the reasons we picked them is because right out the door was Majors and Quinn, and they're well, open till ten. Yeah, and Suki and Mimi is like Korean Mexican, and so it's um the owner like two grandmas. Oh, right. Did you read the story? No. Yeah. So Suki and Mimi. Um, and so that's where that sort of menu comes from. But yeah, it was it was really good and it's it was beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. And so we um, got our dinner, got our cocktails, and went to Majors and Quinn, where we bombarded the staff with <laughs> "Give us your best." Um, there, well, we were okay. We had had a few cocktails, and I was like looking in their fiction section, and this guy was shelving books, and I was like, "Hey, do you work here?" And he was like, "Yeah." I was like, okay, tell me all your favorite books. Yeah. We cornered <laughs> then Felipe. We mon- and then we monopolized him for like a good maybe 40 minutes or something. <laughs> yeah. It was incredibly fun. We came away with some great recommendations. Majors and Quinn. I, bought, I actually bought him a book. Oh, yeah. That's I right. Like, I forgot. I was like, you need to read this. I know. I feel like we have similar tastes. You need mm-hmm. to read this. I bought him The Flamethrowers by Rachel Kushner. Everybody, everybody read it. to read. Mm-hmm. Ellen will die on that hill. I will die on that hill. Rachel. Yeah. But what what's special about them is they've been around forever and they're huge. Yeah, I mean you could if so you want many books. if you want like a browsing experience and you want to spend hours somewhere, mm-hmm. that's the place to go because it's yeah. it's enormous. Yeah, and it was fascinating to us because so many of their titles, they had like multiple hardcover editions and a whole stack of paperbacks. So. Which like we don't have the room for, so it no. makes me a little jelly. Yeah. They have so much room. So we're always like culling, you know, like looking at sales patterns, looking at, you know, like trying to create space for new things or, or for better things. And so I'm a little bit envious of their space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we were done there, we headed back to our funky hotel. Um, <laughs> but so because weird. we ate so early, we had to order to go pizza. <gasps> Rachel, tell them about the pizza. Here ever in Minneapolis, Twin Cities. You must order Boludo Pizza. It's Which we actually got recommended because we skipped a thing. We went to the oh, yeah. Speakeasy underneath oh, Suki and Mimi. Called the basement. Called the basement. Mm-hmm. Which you enter like through the alley. There's no signage. And the bartender basically played drink roulette with us. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We had two rounds of cocktails and they presented each one of us to us. Uh, we each got a glass and they looked exactly the same, but they were made with different liquors. So we yeah, got to try tequila, rum, and gin. Yeah. Same drink. Same but what style. was fun is we passed them around and we each chose our favorite. Yeah. And we each chose a different one each time. So yeah. that we, we complement each other. We, yeah, we, we do. T- it worked out really well because I was always happy. I was like, there was always one I liked the most. And it was we never crossed paths no. on that. That's pretty cool. We're symbiotic. That was a neat, that was a neat place. Yeah, but then, then but we the, had to but get the pizza. bartender Ooh, he, there recommended yeah. this pizza place, yeah. and it was fucking good. Oh yeah. my it had God. like a, a sweetness to it, I like just, the crust that was like. Mm. It's making me sad to talk about it because I want it so bad. And while <laughs> Rachel, our producer, passed out. Ellen and I were with the microphone trying to record the first round of this <laughs> podcast. Clip of first podcast. Yeah. Here. And so it was a little ridiculous and we decided not very professional. So here we well, are today. We had ha- 
what put us over the edge is we got a free cocktail at the what? hotel and we came back. It was so gross. After majors and quit or after. After the, the mm-hmm. speakeasy or whatever. And we were like, we'll use our free cocktail. We brought it up to the room. And that just put us over the edge. Yeah, it was like a college drink. Yeah, yeah it, was it was jungle like, juice. It was jungle juice. That's yeah. what it was. I just... We I are so much pizza. more sophisticated <laughs> than jungle juice. Once I had that pizza, I was in a food coma and I was not Same. available to It was like anything. second dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even that long after our first dinner. But my favorite... Stop hitting the table. I, it's my fucking table, Rachel. I don't care. It's my podcast. <laughs> she does make it happen. Let's not go Bitch. there. Let's not go there. Okay. <laughs> On <Pardon>. Sunday. <laughs> okay. A Sunday was, was, was my the favorite. Cream of the crop. It was my favorite day um, because the first bookstore we visited is one that we have wanted to visit for a long time. Because for a couple of reasons. Yeah, a couple of reasons. One is owned by Louise Erdrich, Pulitzer Prize winning, National Book Award winning author. And we love her work. We love her we're work. Long, we're longtime fans. And her most recent book, The Sentence, actually takes place in this bookstore. And so, and we've both read it. And, and so, Louise makes an appearance in the book. Yeah. And I mean, so she's a character. To visualize this place and have this whole story sort of center around this place and then to finally go there was really cool. And we walked in and we were like, we love Louise. Mm-hmm. And the person working was like, she's my mom. <laughs> and we were like, oh my God. Can we worship at your altar too? <laughs> and um, Palace, Her daughter Palace was amazing. She was so cool. Like um, she was so great at recommending books. And what I loved about her was that she was so enthusiastic. So yeah. she'd be like, ooh, read this. And, it was pure joy. Read this. It yeah. was so Which joy. is like how I feel when I'm recommending uh-huh. books to people. It's um, why we we do it. She's the epitome, the embodiment of why you have indie bookstores. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful space. Um, a strong emphasis on indigenous literature. Um, Only good books. Like, it's oh, all fantastic good. curation. And then, so in the sentence, the main character is Tuki. And she works at the bookstore. She's fictional. Yeah. But they have a section of like Tuki picks. And the, it's the books that Tuki was reading in the sentence, which is so very cool. fun, very meta, good experience. And also there is a confessional booth on a wall of their store, <laughs> which is which plays a very significant role in the sentence. So mm-hmm. to see it in person was mm-hmm. re- re- pretty neat. But you can't awesome. go in it because their insurance does not cover damnation. Damnation, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they also have great humor. Well, and they had shelf talkers too, which is something we really prize doing in our store. And a lot of them were written by Louise Erdrich. So I'm like, shit, Louise Erdrich likes Dune? I'm going to read Dune. <laughs> like, it was so weird to see a handwritten recommendation from, from Louise, Louise Erdrich. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, we, we loved it. I For me, that was like the... And those are the books I'm most looking forward to reading. That yeah. stack that Palace handed us. It was fun to talk shop with her too. You know, she's mm-hmm. highly invested in her store and what makes it successful and all the little ins and outs of the book selling business. Well, it's just important what they do. Also a neighborhood, very community oriented bookstore uh, and doing important work. And you can, I don't care who you are, you can find a fantastic book there. So yeah, loved it. Loved Birch Park Books. It was, it lived up to everything I hoped it would be. If you went to one bookstore, in Minneapolis, we would tell you to go to Birch Park Books. Yeah, agreed. Um, we love all the indies we visited, but we got a praise. Oh, great experience. But um, then we we crossed the river. We went to St. Paul. We crossed the river. We had enough time. We, we were. Paul, oh. 
Yikes. Hey, this is a song I'm writing. Oh, okay. Anyway. Right, Holden. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder where your children get it from. <laughs> um, we went to Next Chapter Books. I really liked the store. Um, it kind of reminded me the most in a lot of ways of our store. Yeah. In the way that they've curated and organized. And their staff was so friendly. Like, they all were very willing to talk shop with us. Mm-hmm. Um. I was talking to their events coordinator. You know, we do events at our store. It's something that's always evolving. And um, just because she was like, I'll give you my tips. I'll give you the things I've learned. And they were just so generous with their time and really, really generous, fun to talk Mm -hmm. to. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed that store. And it was fun to kind of observe the choices they had made in their store and yeah, they're just evaluate they're like, our own store in relation to it because we were so similar. Yeah, they did a lot of table displays that were really neat. Um, just a very clean, well-curated, friendly, good vibe store. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you, Next Chapter, for being good mentors to us. We hit up another children's bookstore, one, one I've very much enjoyed, called Red Balloon. Yeah, and I, you know, I've been to Red Balloon before because the aforementioned friend Mackenzie used to live very close to there, and I visited her once, and we went to Red Balloon, and so it was kind of fun to go back. Um, it's a really neat building. It's in a house. It has yeah. this beautiful bear statue out front. It's in a cool shopping district. It's really, they've got a great vibe going on, and they have super knowledgeable and talented booksellers on staff. Um, working the store, beautiful gift wrap options. Like if you get a red balloon gift, you know it. Um, And their curation is outstanding. Huge collection of picture books, uh, early readers. It was really fun to talk to them. And and I hear they're going to have representation at Children's Institute, which is the annual conference for children's booksellers. So I'm looking forward to rubbing elbows with them in Phoenix in June. Cool beans. And then last but not least. We hit a downtown city bookstore called Subtext. Subtext. And it was definitely that downtown vibe. You know, it was in oh, yeah. in a large uh, building, a cool old storefront, uh, tucked into this building, really well-written shelf talkers. They were yeah. fun to read. Yeah. And, and they had a pretty extensive and very well-curated nonfiction section. Um, one cool thing that Rachel availed herself of is they have a gumball machine that like would spit out poetry. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. And then I think that it was like 50 cents and mm-hmm. then they donate it to something. I can't remember the organization, but yeah, it was donated to a uh, charity. Um, and I didn't read the poems I got because I got them from my friend Pedro. So you're going to mail them to him, Pedro. Mm-hmm. You'll have to tell us what the poetry says. I know. I like have a little collection of items that I picked up at all the bookstores for him. Yeah, so that was a fun little shop, and and that was ten. That was ten. We hit ten bookstores. We were tired, but enthused. We were. uh, We had ideas. We also were so grateful for what we get to do. Yeah, and you know when you when you go and you experience other bookstores, it it I think. I, I don't ever want to be complacent. I always want to strive to be better and provide something better all the time. And so mm-hmm. going to other bookstores helps me see, like, here's what's effective, here's what's not, and here's what, you know, the experience that I want to 
when I go into a bookstore as a customer versus the owner, I have a different experience. Right. And so when I know what gives me a great experience, that's something I want to replicate. Yeah. Um, so thank you to Minneapolis bookstores for what you're doing for your communities, yeah. but also for welcoming us and being such an example for us as yeah, new we booksellers. It. it was so fun. We can't. Twin I wanted, Cities, yeah. you have a wealth of bookstores. Yeah, you they're really very do. lucky. Great communities that support you and can't wait to do it again. Yeah. We'll definitely go back because it's close. Plus, the Twin Cities are cool. Like, I like spending time there. Mm -hmm. Since we've waxed poetic about so many uh, bookstores that we encourage you to go visit, um, we'll keep it a little short on our new releases. We also skipped this past week, but there's a couple highlights that we should really point out. Happy Go Lucky by David Sedaris. Mm -hmm. It's his newest memoir. Um, these are not as cover. Yeah, it is a creepy clown. <laughs> but um, this is his memoir about the pandemic. And if we needed anybody to make light of the pandemic, it's David Sedaris. He is mm -hmm. so snarky and his dry humor is exactly what we need to reflect back on what's happened. So I can't wait to I can't wait to read what he has to say about the world today. And then we have a fun new release in fiction called Yerba Buena. It has a gorgeous cover, and um, it's from Riverhead Books, which is an imprint that puts out really outstanding books. I always get excited about a Riverhead book. This is about a girl named Sarah Foster who's run away from home at 16, and it's years later. She's in Los Angeles, and, and she's a famous bartender. I love, you know, it's cocktails. Yeah. Um, and it's about her life, um, her family background. She has Creole grandparents, her inability to commit to people. Um, she's going to arrange flowers at a restaurant. She's going to have an affair. Cool. It's, it's a, a new coming of age. It's the early adult, adult, coming. <laughs> adult coming of age. So I think this is a new phenomenon. People set like, People take a while to find their path and good for them. Yeah. I will say like, I didn't discover who I was until I was like 28. And I think that's kind of consistent. So, but you know, I was married and had two kids and I picked a career and finished college. Like I was supposedly supposed to have all of that done already. Yep. And I think there's a new collection of fiction that addresses the second coming of age. It's not high school. Yep. It's adulthood, figuring out who you are. And things happening at the store this week, we've just launched our cheesy summer reading challenge. We're so excited about this. Um, it was really the brainchild of Great Plains Awesome Doe, our 2001 Ameside classmate. And Doggard Books neighbor. And Doggard Books neighbor, Joan, and her married last name is Sherwood. Um, she owns and operates Great Plains House and the best pizza in town. And she really wanted to bring back the Book It program. Pizza Hut used to reward kids for their, their reading with a free kids pizza. Joan wants to do that. She wants to give kids pizza for achieving their reading goals. So you can pick up your cheesy reading challenge booklet from Dog Eared Books starting uh, it was this past Saturday, so anytime now, you can pick it up. And with the purchase of an age-appropriate book, we will stamp your your booklet. Um, if financial burden is a deterrent for you, we will waive that requirement of a purchase. Um, record your, media, or your, your reading minutes each day um, in this super cool booklet designed by Rachel. 
And when you hit your goal, come back to Dogyard Books to have it validated and walk across the street and get your free small one-topping pizza from Joan at Great Plains House and Dough. We will have story time with Lovey as usual, uh, 10 a.m. We're getting a good group. I'm excited for summertime. We're going to pack it in. We have a super cool event on Thursday, June 2nd from 5 to 8. We love our mainstream, our Main Street events. This is uh, Art Walk. Oh, I love Art Walk. Yeah, we'll be featuring the work of Tate Bernard, an Ames High School student and totally graphic book club member. So she comes to our book club where we read graphic novels for high schoolers. And we're really excited about our cocktail because we never need an excuse for a cocktail, but we're going to do um, the Kendi Wiley cocktail. So this is an artist who did the presidential portraits for Obama. His style is so unique. And we grabbed this gin cocktail with fresh basil, lime, and cucumber from one of our um, great cocktail books in the store. It's called Art Boozled. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of my go-to. I love the author. She has great fresh cocktails with easy ingredients. So observe the art, walk up and down Main Street and get a cocktail. Ooh, Friday. Friday's going to be really fun. Also, Friday, Friday, gonna get down on Friday. Fun, fun, fun. I was singing this to my son the other night and he was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, it's a real song. Look it up. Yeah. But go on. Friday, we'll have Dan McClanahan in the house. Woo! He is our current art exhibit. Uh, we call it Ames Originals. It's his idea that he would like to do portraits of people who make Ames Ames. We have some really cool um, portraits up above our bookshelves right now. These are people that he's photographed and really enjoyed. But he is calling our community to nominate people that they think make Ames what it is. Anyone they want. And Dan McClanahan is like an internationally renowned photographer. Right. Um, so to be able to be photographed by him or nominate somebody is really a pretty big Privilege. deal. So he'll do a free session for the individual that you nominate and they'll be on display in our store. Will but you nominate me? I will. <laughs> so we'll have <laughs> an opening reception. I do really good poses for pictures, right, Rachel? Yeah, it's really hard. Absolutely. But that's the great thing about Dan is he makes everyone look cool and good. But it's I need that. Friday, June 3rd from 6.30 to 7.30. I don't know he has, like, I, he's talented, but <laughs> it might be out of anybody's Dan can do anything for you, Ellen. Okay, speaking of Friday, fun, fun, fun. You are a, a Rebecca Black doppelganger. <laughs> well, you look like me, so. Not ha, really. Joke's on you. It's your daughter. <laughs> Helen's daughter from high school. I'm here. You're my no more like Fuck. when I was twelve. <laughs> I'm not that much older than you, right? Uh, we are really old. Lord help me. Um, okay. But Dan did the dog photography in our store, mm -hmm. and so if he can pull together a pack of dogs on Main Street for us, he Good can do anything. And he's Ellen. you know he's another Ames High grad, so. Yeah, mm -hmm. keeping it local. And mm -hmm. it's a really neat project. Come look at it. And nominate, nominate someone. someone. And there's, if you come, you can visit the website, ours, his, whatever, um, to nominate. But also if you come in the store, there's um, so a QR code that you can scan um, that would take you to the nomination page. So really easy to do that. 
Sunday from four to seven, we're offering the art of storytelling creative writing workshop from author Jackie Haley, who's really focused her career on nurturing other authors. Um, you can visit our website to sign up. Um, she's just really focused on trying to help author other authors achieve their dream. Well, and it's like kind of getting you out of the things that are blocking your progress. So your mindset and your, um, you know, as someone who like who wants to who aspires to be a writer but can't make any progress, I think that that's really what she tries to do is kind of jumpstart you and help you realize that actually you can write the book that you want to write. And here's here are some tips for how to do that and then take it to publication. The last thing we wanted to talk about is one of the reasons we're delayed in putting out our podcast. We skipped our podcast early, even though we had so many exciting, lovely things to say about Minneapolis bookstores. Yeah, our, our plan was to record on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know what happened in Uvalde on Tuesday. And neither of us was in the mood to do a podcast where we would need to be happy because we weren't happy. And we're still not happy. And um, Amanda and I did a lot of work with Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America after the Sandy Hook shooting. We both have kids that are the same age as those kids in Uvalde. And we're both experiencing a great deal of sadness and anger. And so, but we know that we can't allow that to we can't we can't become like numb to this type of thing none of us should accept that this should exist in perpetuity no this is a choice that our country has made we have decided that we are okay with children dying in their classrooms teachers dying in their classrooms people dying in grocery stores movie theaters whatever We have decided that we are willing to pay that price. And we need to choose differently. We have to make a different choice. And, you know, it it is always jarring to me when I hear about a mass shooting, but when it involves such innocence, um, and I look at my own children, it's just unfathomable to me that that could happen and that we would literally do nothing to prevent it. And so... We encourage you to channel your grief and your frustration into meaningful action. Um, Contact your local, uh, your state, your federal legislators. If you're in Iowa, we've posted on our social media, contact information. It's really easy to call. We have staffers ready there. You just say, I would like you to record my opinion on this issue. Please do something about this. Thank you very much. And if you- That's our job. If you're not a person who likes like cold calling, you know, because some people are very uncomfortable with that kind of thing. Um, I am. <laughs> uh, but I try to tell myself when I have to gear up to door knock or make phone calls that, you know, my discomfort does not trump the loss of life that has happened. Mm-hmm. Like that is more important than my discomfort in this moment. I can make this phone call. I'm not bearing my child today. I can make this phone call. And so make those phone calls, vote accordingly. Right. Make this an issue you vote on. Hold Um, your elected officials accountable. We are both um, our members, but have been in the past very active in Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. I used to be the Iowa State Chapter Lead following Sandy Hook. And I think 
that is a great organization. There are chapters in every single state. You don't have to be a mom to join it. Um, it's affiliated with Every Town for Gun Safety. I encourage you, or we encourage you, to look at their websites, look at their social media, and get involved. Because the cool thing about that organization is that they will give you tangible things to do at your state level, at the federal level, and they will put you to work. So if you are feeling frustrated and hopeless and you feel like you've got to put that somewhere, reach out to your local Moms of Gun Action chapter, visit Every Town for Gun Safety, look at the stats, um, and don't be silent. And that's what I would encourage people to do is if you if you feel helpless and if you feel like there's nothing that can be done to solve this problem, go to Every Town for Gun Safety. Look at the stats. This is an American problem. Yeah. This is not worldwide. This isn't how people live elsewhere. And, and don't accept your politicians who have consistently, consistently loosened gun laws, prohibited, you know, prevented common sense gun laws, which... By the way, most people support from going through. This is blood on their hands. It is blood on their hands and we should hold them accountable because we had, you know, 20 plus baby shot, you know, at Sandy Hook 10 years ago. And now, now we have 20 babies shot again and it's unacceptable. We do not have to live like this. Um, and we sh they are it is their job. It is their job to serve Americans, to serve kids, and they are failing to do so. And we can hold them accountable. It's an election year. Vote accordingly. So and with that, yeah, when we're happy, when we're sad, we drink, we drink champagne. champagne. <clears throat> so it's been a hard week. Um, and it doesn't go away next week. It doesn't go away next week. And we know that until something changes, it's, the next one is inevitable. When and where, I don't know. But I just pray to God it's not here and it's not my kid's school. Yeah. But there's nothing to say that can't be. Right. So with that, have a good week. And we'll see you next time. Be a badass. Do what you need to do. Read books. Drink coffee. Fight evil. Boom. Boom. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Eared Books every single week. Yeah. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>